All right, good morning. It's good to be with you in worship today. I'm Pastor Andrew, one of the pastors here, and it's a blessing to uh, worship with you and sing with you. And today we're going to be uh, digging in the Word today. So if you have your uh, half sheet, if you've got your Bible, if you've got a Bible app, you want to bring out your phone, we're going to be in Second Kings as we continue to look at and uh, examine the life of Elisha. Elisha, this is our fourth week of looking at him, traveling with this guy. He is a prophet. He's a, a guy that was really, really important that God used and spoke through in the Old Testament, the first half of the Bible. And uh, we're going to see today just an incredible, another incredible miracle of what God is able to accomplish through the man Elisha. So uh, I want to do say, I do want to say, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Do you have a fun Thanksgiving? Lots of turkey. How many of you are still eating leftovers? Yeah, like everybody, right? I love this week because it's like leftover week. I'm like microwave, boom, done, right? It's fantastic. Yeah, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I had a fun Thanksgiving myself. Uh, just, just real relaxing. It was really uh, enjoyable. I got a chance to uh, just be with me and my wife and my daughter. And I was thinking about how grateful I was as I was outside on a ladder in the cold, blustery wind and rain of poor Washington, Wisconsin. I was just so enriched with Thanksgiving in that moment, hanging Christmas lights. How many of you have Christmas lights up already? Thank you. I'm not alone. <laughs> yeah, I was out hanging my Christmas lights, right? And it's, it's, you know, it's a little cooler. And there was, like, rain. And it wasn't the rain that comes, like, from, from above us, right? It's the rain that comes, like, sideways, right? So here I am on a ladder doing this thing, and the rain's in my face, and it's cold. And I couldn't help, actually, in that moment, as I'm sitting there, I actually did have a shift and a change of heart where I moved from kind of being that ornery, like, boy, I just kill for a hot coffee right now and blankets, but I am pleasing and honoring my wife and her love of Christmas lights right now. I shifted to Thanksgiving as I realized, you know what, I have a home that I get the privilege of decorating. You know, I have a home that I am grateful for and thankful for. Um, not everybody does. And, and inside of that home, I have a place for my wife and my child, and I have relationship with them. And I began to think and, and shift my attitude from kind of what I wanted and what I really was, was thinking about and wanting to what I already have. What I already have. And I realized how grateful and just how thankful I was that I had the chance to put up Christmas lights on a cold, blustery, poor Washington day. And that's a big shift to move from thinking about what we want to what we already have, being able to name what we have and to be grateful and to be thankful. That's why Thanksgiving is so important. It's such an important part of our Christian heritage and living. It's not done just once a year. It is something that we continually need to practice as we examine and realize once again what we already have. We live in a culture that's very contrary to that. We live in a culture that is always trying to push us to get more, buy more, do more. Don't raise your hands this time, but how many of us were out on Black Friday at your favorite store at like 4 in the morning, right? It's because you need to have it. You need more. You need that, right? And yet the Bible and our walk with Christ would continually push us to recognize all the things that we already have, and to move to gratitude and thanksgiving. Well, the biblical story that we have actually with Elisha has to do with this, about what a woman already has and how God gets involved in her life using what she already has. Go to 2 Kings. We're in 2 Kings chapter 4. 
again, you've got your half sheet if you want it on there. You can watch on the screens. You might have a Bible app. Bring it on out so you can get in the Word. We're going to be reading through 2 Kings chapter 4. This, again, is the story of Elisha as he meets with a widow. Here we go. Oops. Uh, Here we go, starting at verse 1. Now the wife of a member of the company of prophets cried out to Elisha. Just a reminder, the company of prophets, that's a fancy way of saying the students of Elijah. We have a lot of students in the room. Some of you are in school right now. So there was a school where Elisha was the teacher. Elisha was the teacher, and he had a bunch of students. And and, and so when it says the company of prophets, it's referring to the students of Elisha. Now the wife of a member of the company of prophets, the students of Elijah, cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. One of your followers, one of your students has died. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. But a creditor has come to take my two children as slaves. Elijah said to her, Well, what shall we do? Tell me, what do you have in the house? She answered, Your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. He said, go outside, borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels, and not just a few, get a bunch. Then go in, shut the door behind your children, you and your children, and then start pouring into all these vessels. And when each is full, set it aside. So she left him and shut the door behind her and her children. They kept bringing vessels to her, and she kept pouring When the vessels were full, she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. But he said to her, There are no more. Then the oil stopped flowing. She came and she told the man of God, that is Elisha, and he said, Go, sell the oil and pay your debts, and you and your children can live on the rest. You see, in this story, when Elijah is talking with this widow, with this woman, he says, what do you have? What's already there? What, what, what can God use to bring about provision in your life? You, 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 you must have something, right? And her response, I got, I got nothing. Oh, all I had in the entire house must have been a pretty small house because all I got is this little jar of oil. That's all I have. Your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. She doesn't have this and that, and she doesn't have all this stuff, and she doesn't have that. that, that. All she has is a jar of oil. And yet, it is that one thing that she already has that God gets involved with and uses to provide for her. It is through that jar of oil that she has that that, that God works a miracle of provision in her life where she begins to pour out of that one jar and fill up vessel after vessel, jar after jar, jug after jug, all from that one initial jar of oil. It says they kept bringing vessels to her until she just kept pouring away. And it was this supernatural, miraculous provision that God made possible using what she already had. It has to do with that shift in mindset I mentioned before. 
seeing and recognizing in our lives what do we already have that God can get involved with and begin using to work miracles, to make change, to provide and and influence and impact this world. So often in our lives, we look at ourselves and we look at what we have and and we we focus on what we want and we think that, that God can use us if we only had this, that, or whatnot. And yet, when we look at the biblical stories, we see that God, over and over again, comes to people and uses what they have to work miracles. Let me give you some other examples of how God uses what we already have to provide and work miracles for what we need. You guys ever heard of the guy named Moses? You heard of Moses before? Yeah. So God guys comes to this guy named Moses, okay? Comes to Moses, he says, Moses, uh, I want you to rescue my people. And Moses is like, are you kidding? I'm a runaway. I'm on the run. I can't speak well. I'm, I, I got nothing. All I, have, I don't have anything. How, how will I know you're even going to be with me? No, what are you thinking, God? I got nothing to offer. And God says, you have a staff, right? You're a shepherd now. You got that staff in your hand. I will use that staff to help rescue my people. And that's why all of you can picture Charlton Heston standing up, and what is he holding in his hand? It's a staff. God comes to Moses and says, Moses, you have a staff. Through you and your staff, I am going to rescue my people and work miracles. How about another guy? You guys hear the name David before. King David. Some of you young ones know about King David, right? There's this big, big moment where where David, when he's just a boy, he's just a shepherd as well, just like Moses. He was a shepherd and and he doesn't have much and, and he's pitted against this big villain. He's got this, you know, eight foot tall, scraggly looking, nasty guy named Goliath. And it's David versus Goliath. And does David have a sword? No. Does he have a shield? No. Armor? No. Spear? No. He doesn't have a lot. All the guy has is a sling. He's just got a sling. And yet, God uses this humble, this small boy with a sling to build his people, Israel, into the greatest kingdom Israel had known, into a golden age. God got involved and used what David had, a sling, to take down the giant Goliath. It happens in the New Testament. Jesus is hanging out with a bunch of people. He's got 5,000 men plus women and children on top of that. They're all hanging out, listening to Jesus. And he's talking, and all of a sudden, everybody's really hungry. And so he says, anyone got any food? And he looks at the disciples, and they're like, we forgot to stop at Subway. Ain't got nothing, right? And they're looking at each other, uh-uh. And this little boy comes forward and says, Mom packed me a lunch. It's all I got. And God uses a couple loaves and some fish to feed all the people there. He uses what was available, what the boy had, and worked a miracle through what the boy had. It happens even with the disciples themselves. Disciples don't have much. 
They don't have a college education. They don't have people that are going to provide for them. They don't have the this, that, and whatnot. They're fishermen. But what they do have is a witness and a testimony and stories collected of, of what they have seen and experiences after, after spending three years with Jesus Christ. And God uses what they have, their stories and their witness and their testimony, to change this world. More often than not, God is able to work miracles through what you and I, what we already have so as to provide for our needs and the needs of others in this world. That's why Thanksgiving is so important. Because it, it, it definitively helps us make the shift and re, once again, come back to and name what we have. And invite God to use what we have to impact and change this world. God uses what we have to provide for our needs and the needs of others. That's what's taking place with Elisha and this widow. So because you all just celebrated Thanksgiving and it's so fresh in your mind, we're going to practice this. We're going to live into this right now. You have in your mind things that you are probably grateful for and thankful for because you just had a Thanksgiving experience where hopefully you were gathered with people or, or maybe it was just your family or whoever, but you had a time where you could sit back and be grateful and thankful for what you already have. And in turn, we can invite God to use what we have to make a difference in this world. We're going to do that right now. In a moment, I'm going to invite you to turn to the people around you. Uh, parents, you can interact, model this with your kids. Kids, make sure you jump in on this. I've got two questions for you. We're going to spend four minutes going through these two questions where we're going to name, here are the two questions, we're going to name things that we already have. The jar of oil that's in your home that God can use and work miracles through. I've got some suggestions on that half sheet just to get your mind churning and jumping, so you might want to read through some of those. The other question is, maybe you have experienced God's provision through a jar of oil. Maybe you have experienced God working with what you already have, and you get a chance to share that story. We're going to spend four minutes. You might have to get up and move. You might have to meet somebody you don't know. Oh my gosh, out of our comfort zones. You'll be okay. We're in this together. We're a bunch of friendly people, right? It's all good. All right, here we go. On the count of three, start going. One, two, three. Ta -da. Could be your family members, it could be friendships. Could be education or a skill set. What's something that you have that God can use? Maybe a home, maybe a car, 
What can God use? What are things in your life that God can use to work a miracle? Could be a job. Maybe an idea. What's a story that you've got? Some story of where God's provided. When's a time in your life that God has provided or worked a miracle where he's used something you have to do something? Just about one minute left. I'm going to ask for your attention back. I'm going to grab your attention back. Wind down the conversations. I'm going to grab your attention back one more time just to wrap us up. It's so hard to stop so many good stories and so many good conversations. It is so good, is it not? It is so good to practice, to actually put into action naming and identifying all the things that we have that we can invite God to use for His kingdom and for His glory and to revisit stories where we have seen Him use things in our lives in the past. This is why, this is why it is so good to celebrate Thanksgiving. It is so good for us as Christians, if you're a Christian, to revisit and remember once again all that we have 
and invite God to use what we have to make a difference in our life and in the lives of those around us to truly provide for the needs in this world. Let's pray together and give God thanks for all that he has entrusted to us, all that we have. Please, let's close with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks. We say thank you for all that you have given us and entrusted into our care. We pause today and remember all that we have, and we ask that you would use it for your kingdom and for your glory. Take our jar of oil and work miracles. Work miracles in this world to provide for our needs and the needs of those around us. We thank you. We praise you. And we ask this expecting, anticipating, and looking forward to how you will use the jars of oil in our lives. It's in your name, Jesus, that we do indeed pray. Amen. One thing that